Hey, um, good morning. Uh, welcome to the session on uh, WorkMail. Um, I'm Thomas, I'm the, the senior manager of the development teams who are building the product. And uh, today I'm with uh, Pranesh, uh, who is the uh, or senior product manager. Um, so um, WorkMail is a, a fairly recent uh, service. It was launched in uh, January this year. Um, so I expect many of you are new to this uh, service. So uh, today the goal of this session is to explain um, uh, what you can do with uh, the product and uh, how it can help you to uh, move away from uh, managing your own email infrastructure. Is that working? Yes. Um, what you can uh, expect from this session, uh, so as explained, I'm going to provide an overview of the, of the features and benefits of the product. Um, then uh, we'll spend uh, some time to explain uh, how WorkMail is using encryption to, uh, to uh, secure your data at rest. And uh, after that, we're, we're going to spend uh, the, most of the session actually to talk about the new features that are either we uh, released uh, recently or that are about to be released in the coming weeks. And that, that is, in particular, we're going to spend some time to uh, demo interoperability with Microsoft Exchange because uh, it's a very important feature that is going to help customers to uh, migrate to WorkML. Okay. So... Let's get started. Uh, what is what is WorkMail? So WorkMail is a is a cloud-based uh, solution for um, managing your email and calendar. Um, it's secure and fully managed, and and I'm going to spend the next two slides to explain why. And I'm going to start with uh, managed. So what, what what are the benefits of a managed solution? So and then with uh, with WorkMail, uh, you no longer need uh, to uh, purchase and maintain. Uh, servers, hardware, and software. Um, we do all of that for you. You no longer need to um, to deal with uh, patching uh, your uh, your email server, uh, deploying complex upgrades. Uh, we do all of that for you, and we we keep keep things uh, updated. Um, so really, it comes with a, a simplicity of uh, of of, of uh, managing the solution. Um, it also um, uh, it's also offer, uh, it also offers a pay-as-you-go model, so um, uh, you no longer have to uh, uh, provision uh, like an expansive license uh, uh, before you, you can start using emails. Uh, every month, we're going to basically charge you for the number of mailboxes that uh, are in use, and that's it. So it's really uh, pay for what you use. Um, Another aspect of simplicity is uh, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, use. So it's actually fairly easy to uh, to start uh, using WorkMail. Uh, we support integration with uh, Microsoft uh, Active Directory, so you can keep all your identities in one place. Uh, usually, people use uh, their on-prem Active Directory, or they can use uh, an AWS managed Active Directory. And um, from there, once you create your organization. Uh, you just have to configure your domain, and then you can uh, directly uh, create mailboxes for your users. Um, like the old configuration flow takes uh, like a couple of minutes, and basically you're done. Um, going to security, we know security is very important for customers. Uh, so when we built and designed WorkMail, uh, we created uh, many features, and we give a lot of controls to the customers. And starting with the encryption key, 
the customer's uh, controls, uh, con the customer controls the, the master encryption key uh, that is used by WorkMail to um, encrypt all the data in uh, their user's mailbox. And I'm going to explain how that works later in the presentation. Um, customers can also control where their mailbox data is stored. And uh, we store, uh, today we, we about three regions. Um, so you can choose to have your email data in Europe, for instance, or in the US uh, as, as you prefer. Uh, customers can also uh, configure uh, all the uh, mobile device uh, policies, such as uh, making sure that uh, their user's mobile is uh, password protected or encrypted. And uh, finally, um, WorkMail comes with uh, uh, malware and spam detection uh, and, and viruses uh, detection. So all the viruses, uh, like emails with viruses, will be uh, just dropped, and uh, spam emails are going to be delivered to spam folders. Okay, I want to spend a little bit of time uh, to talk about the end user experience. Um, so WorkMail uh, supports uh, um, like, like the most popular uh, email clients and calendar clients uh, on several platforms like PC, Mac. Uh, we also support, indeed, uh, mobile devices. And it also comes with a, a web browser, so you can access uh, uh, your calendar and email from anywhere. I'm gonna, in the next slides, I'm gonna explain for each of those platforms uh, like what are the features that we support. Starting with Microsoft Outlook on Windows. Uh, so we support uh, all versions of Outlook starting from um, uh, 2007. Um, we built really a native support for Outlook protocol. So it enables users to have a very rich experience. Uh, it's not like if you use Outlook with IMAP and you can have only have the, the IMAP, uh, like the email uh, features available. Um, with WorkMail and Outlook, uh, your users are able to use advanced uh, features uh, from the calendar, from task. Uh, they can set up delegation and use delegation. They can uh, um, set up our permissions on their uh, mail folders and uh, give access to other users or groups of users. So it's a fairly rich experience. And it all comes out of the box. You don't have to install any plugin in Outlook, so it's, it's very easy. Um, it's also easy for users to configure because we support um, auto-discover protocol. So users just, when they create their profile in Outlook, they just have to enter their email address and their password, and everything is configured automatically. Moving to uh, Mac OS. Um, so we also offer uh, a fairly rich experience on uh, Mac OS, and uh, we do that thanks to the support to the Exchange Web Services protocol. So um, WorkMail supports... Uh, uh, thanks to this protocol, a uh, very popular client on Mac, such as Outlook, uh, MacMail, MacCalendar, and many other clients that are using EWS. Um, a few words about uh, Outlook, uh, because when we launched, we, all, we only supported, uh, we were only supporting uh, Outlook 2011, and uh, we know it's, uh, like it's fairly annoying for our customers, and they want to use the latest version of Outlook, so we worked hard, uh, and uh, we were about to launch uh, the support for Outlook uh, 2016. Um, so actually, uh, today we are, we are launching the limited preview uh, for users who want to try it out. Um, and we'll tell you later how, how to uh, make a request for being whitelisted and uh, start using this client. Okay, 
so on mobile, um, WorkML supports the ActiveSync protocol, so it enables your users to use uh, their favorite uh, mobile device, like iOS, uh, Android, BlackBerry, and Windows phones are all supported. And uh, with that, with ActiveSync, we also support, uh, uh, we also give the users, uh, I mean customers, to, uh, to set up uh, uh, mobile uh, policies, and we also uh, give them a way to wipe remotely the, the device if it's uh, lost or stolen. Um, and that's uh, like my last slide on, on the supported clients. Uh, we also offer uh, uh, webmail clients that supports all the uh, calendar advanced features and uh, email advanced features. We also give away to users uh, who are using WorkDocs, oops, um, to uh, save attachments in WorkDocs or create attachments from WorkDocs. Um, to close on this overview, a few words on the pricing model. So as I, as I mentioned, it's a pay-as-you-go. So um, it's, a, it's a simple pricing model. Uh, you pay $4 per user and per month, and for that you have uh, 50 gigs of uh, storage. Um, and uh, today we are available in uh, Dublin, in uh, North Virginia, and Oregon. Okay. So um, and I want to talk a little bit more about how, how we use encryption to secure your data at rest. So WorkML is, uh, is uh, making use of uh, several encryption keys, and uh, I'm going to detail all of them here. Um, it starts with, uh, uh, with uh, the customer master key, and for that, uh, Amazon WorkML is integrated with uh, with uh, the uh, key management uh, service, uh, which is another product from Amazon Web Services. Um, so customers come with their, I mean, a few words about the t this service, it's, I think it's important. Um, so this service helps customers to uh, create and manage their uh, encryption key. Um, the encryption key uh, is uh, actually stored uh, in um, uh, security, in hardened security appliances and hardware security modules, so it's, it's a super secure environment. And all the, uh, the cryptographic operations uh, need to happen within this secured environment. Um, then, um, coming back to WorkMail, uh, so what happens is uh, when you, a customer creates its organization, he needs to choose uh, the uh, TMS key that he wants to use for the organization. And for that, he has either the choice to use the default key that uh, that WorkMail will create uh, for his account, or can, he can also use his own key uh, that we will create, and that will give you give him more options. Uh, for instance, using key rotations and things like that. Um, TMS is also um, so w when you do this operation, basically uh, you grant WorkMail access to that key. Right, so WorkMail can uh, decrypt and encrypt data with this key. Um, the customer is fully in control of all the policies uh, related to this uh, access grant. So you can go into the IAM console and you can see that uh, indeed uh, WorkMail, you gave access to WorkMail to use that key. And you can also trace in the CloudTrail logs. Uh, whenever we make use of, of your key to uh, decrypt data, uh, you will see it there. So it's, it's very transparent. Okay. 
So what, uh, what are the next keys that we use? Um, we actually use a pair of asymmetric keys for uh, each mailbox. Uh, the public part is used to encrypt data, and the private part is used to decrypt data. And finally, we use uh, a symmetric key for every item in your mailbox. And so every email that is stored in your mailbox is uh, actually encrypted with a specific symmetric key that we generate for that email. So now I still need to explain how we secure the old chain. Um, so what we do is... Uh, we need to store the message uh, symmetric key in your mailbox with the email. So what we do is we encrypt it actually with the uh, public key that is associated to the mailbox. And then uh, what's left to do is, uh, so whenever we're gonna need to read the, the mail and to decrypt it, uh, to send it back to you. Uh, for instance, uh, when you're, you're connecting to your mailbox with your iPhone or when you open an email in webmail, uh, then we are gonna, we're going to need the private key. And we secure this private key uh, with uh, the customer master key. So this, uh, this key is uh, encrypted and stored with your mailbox definition. Okay, in the next slide, I'm going to explain into more details the, the flows, um, the main flows uh, when we use those keys. So this one is um, the creation of the asymmetric keys uh, that are used at the uh, that are defined at the mailbox level. So as, a, as an administrator, you go into the AWS console, you create a mailbox. And that's the moment where um, we generate a pair of keys. We, en we encrypt the private key with your, uh, we, we need to call KMS to do that. Uh, so the encryption happens on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, hard, uh, the hardened uh, security appliance uh, within KMS, and then we store the results uh, in your mailbox. The next important flow is uh, what happens when uh, an email comes in and we need to deliver it to your mailbox. So for that, uh, as I mentioned, we generate a symmetric key for that message. And then uh, we, we're going to encrypt the message uh, with this new symmetric key. And then we're going to encrypt the key itself uh, with the public key associated to your mailbox. And then we store all of that in your mailbox. And finally, the last flow is uh, what happened when you connect uh, with your phone and we need to uh, send you back uh, the, uh, the, all your emails and encrypted. Uh, so there, after we retrieve all the materials for, from your mailbox, we need to decrypt the private key. Uh, so for that, we need to go to KMS. Uh, so you can trace this call in uh, CloudTrail. Uh, we decrypt the private key uh, of your mailbox and then with that, we are able to decrypt the key of the message itself and then we're able to decrypt the message and to send the content back to the user. Okay, and that's, that's, uh, that's about uh, how we use uh, encry encryption keys and we secure your mailbox with a chain of keys. Um, so now I'm gonna talk about the new features um, that uh, we released re recently or that we were about to release. And I'm gonna start with uh, email journaling. Email journaling was launched last week, actually, so it's a, it's a new feature. How, how is that working? Uh, so, so we know for compliance reasons, uh, like our customers uh, often need to retain a copy of all their electronic communication. And uh, they told us that they already have appliances or they use uh, SAS uh, archiving and e-discovery uh, mechanism. So 
what we did uh, in WorkMail was to support to implement support for SMTP journaling. Um, so to configure this, uh, to make this happen, what you need to do is log on the AWS console, uh, go into your organization setting, uh, configure the endpoint of uh, your third-party uh, solution to uh, archive your emails, and then from that point on, like every email that is sent or received by an organization is captured in a journaling envelope and sent to the appliance. So I'm going to demo how this is actually working. I think I need your password. So is that working? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to log in uh, the AWS console. I already created an organization for this demo, so I'm going to reuse it and to work now. So as I mentioned, you need to go into the organization settings, and here we added a new tab, and you can just uh, enable journaling and. Um, so usually what you would do there, uh, you would use a, ah, crap. So usually here you would uh, put an email address that corresponds to the third-party appliance endpoint. Uh, for the sake of the, and, and we actually uh, tested our solution with uh, several uh, appliances uh, like that, that offers uh, archiving and uh, and e-discovery, but for the sake of the demo, what I'm going to do is I created an F3 bucket, and I'm going to uh, send to F3 a copy of all the sent and received uh, emails from my organization. So I'm going to tell you a little bit like how I did this. So here you need to ent enter the uh, endpoint of the appliance, and you can also en enter an address that is going to be used is there, if there is an issue sending emails to the appliance. Uh, you will be notified on this address. Okay. So that's it with the configuration. Now I'm going to tell you very quickly how I did to route all the archived email to a F3. So for that, I, uh, I used uh, SES rules. So you go to SES into the rule set. You can check all the, the, rule, the rules that are already defined. And here I created this uh, special rule there. And I, I'm asking SES for any inbound incoming message uh, targeting this recipient. Basically what I do is I, I save this uh, email to this F3 bucket. Right. So to be clear, like this e email address is not a mailbox in WorkMail. Okay. It only exists for routing purpose. Um, right, so now, now coming back to uh, WorkMail. And there, I'm going to use our web client to send an email. So connect to this Bob. 
Here I am, and I'm going to send an email to Alice. Okay. That's some garbage here. Send. And then I'm moving back to F3, where I can show you that it's actually archived. Right here is my bucket. Okay, and you can see that this message uh, was actually journaled. Um, so, in this demo, like since I sent a message internally inside my organization, like both the uh, outbound message and the inbound message are journaled in this bucket, and I can show you actually uh, what it looks like inside. Okay. So there's this message. Um, for this demo, I haven't uh, I haven't configured encryption, but SES uh, in the rules in the rules that I define in SES, I could have asked SES to encrypt this data with my uh, KMS key. But since I wanted to show you what's inside this message, I haven't configured encryption here. Okay, so basically, like the uh, what we send to the journaling appliance is a like the initial email as an attachment, and then you can find here in the journaling envelope um, metadata that are related to this email, so you can know like who sent to whom. And um, another important thing. You can see this uh, header. That's the header that we use uh, to signal the appliance that this is a journal email and to treat it as such. Okay, so that, that gives you an overview of, uh, of journaling. And now I'm going to hand over the floor to Pranesh for the next feature. To move back to Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thomas. So let's talk about interoperability with uh, Microsoft Exchange. So we launched this feature uh, a few weeks back. So there's essentially three parts to this feature. So two of them we launched a few weeks back, and uh, the third part we're actually opening up in limited preview today. So what exactly is interoperability with Microsoft Exchange? So with this feature, customers that have an existing on-premise Microsoft Exchange environment can set up a rich coexistence with uh, Amazon Workmail. So what are some of the use cases uh, to leverage this feature from a customer standpoint? The first one is a phased migration strategy. So typically, uh, medium-sized customers or large enterprises will migrate their email workloads in a phased manner, given the sheer volume of users that they have or the complexity that's involved with the migration. And as a result, they, they want to leverage a phased migration strategy, but at the same time ensure that there is no no or minimal disruption to the end user's experience. And this is one of the areas where interoperability in Microsoft Exchange can be extremely beneficial. Uh, supporting globally dispersed teams. So some customers want to use uh, Amazon Workmail for certain users in a certain geography, while they want to continue using their existing on-premise Microsoft Exchange environment for users in other geographies. And by, with this rich coexistence, again, uh, interoperability makes that possible. Or for acquisitions. Customers have told us that they want to use Amazon Workmail for entities that they want to, for users within entities that they acquire, while the parent entity might continue to remain on their Microsoft Exchange environment. 
And finally, for customers that want to leverage Amazon Workmail for uh, their mailbox demands of a fluctuating workforce, uh, given seasonality, such as uh, you know for the tax season or for the holiday season, when uh, there might be an increase in the number of seasonal workers, and you want to pr provision mailboxes just for those uh, work seasonal workers on Amazon Workmail. So what exactly are the benefits of this rich coexistence? So the first one is the ability to route email between Microsoft Exchange and Amazon Workmail. What this ensures is that users uh, who are on uh, Microsoft Exchange can continue using their existing corporate email address to send and receive emails. So when you enable the interoperability with Microsoft Exchange on Amazon Workmail, uh, your Microsoft Exchange server remains the primary uh, server for all incoming email and all the outgoing email is sent via Amazon Workmail. The second benefit is the ability to share, bi-directionally share, calendar-free busy information across users on both environments. So let's say one user is on Amazon Workmail within the organization, another user within the same company is on the Microsoft Exchange environment. With this feature, these two users have the ability to look up free busy information for, for each other and schedule meetings seamlessly. So the first two features are already available in GA today, and the last one, which is uh, providing Amazon Workmail users with access to a global address book that contains information of users, groups, and resources across both environments. So that's uh, the environment on Amazon Workmail and Microsoft Exchange uh, is the third benefit that you get with this uh, feature. And that's the one that we're launching in limited preview starting today. So what I'm going to do right now is jump into a demo to show how easy it is to set up Amazon Workmail with interoperability support with Microsoft Exchange. So for that, I'm going to switch over to my laptop here. All right. So let's assume that uh, I'm a customer uh, that, that wants to leverage this feature for the first use case that I spoke about, which is a phased migration strategy. Uh, so let's say I'm a customer that uh, wants to migrate some set of users uh, to Amazon Workmail as part of my first phase, and uh, the rest of the users will maybe come in subsequent phases. So for the purpose of this demo, what I did was uh, I've created uh, an Active Directory, a Microsoft Active Directory. So this is, well, not exactly an on-premise directory because I have it on my EC2 instance. Uh, but this is a Microsoft Active Directory that I've created for the purpose of this demo. And I also have an exchange organization set up here. And these are the mailboxes that I've provisioned for uh, the users within my Active Directory. Let's assume that uh, in the first phase, I want to migrate Eric Barbosa to uh, Amazon Workmail, uh, while the other users continue to remain on the Microsoft Exchange environment. Let's say Rachel, right? So she's going to remain on uh, Exchange, and Eric is going to move to uh, my, uh, my Amazon Workmail. So what is the first thing that we need to do? So uh, before you set up your Amazon Workmail organization, you need to ensure that you have an AD connector. What is an AD connector? An AD connector is nothing but a directory gateway provided by AWS that proxies your uh, directory request to your on-premises directory. So I've already created uh, an AD connector before the demo, and I'm going to cr uh, create my Amazon Workmail organization that leverages this AD connector. So I go in my console, I click on Create Organization. Uh, you have two options here. You have a quick setup and a custom setup. A quick setup will create a simple AD, which is a Samba-based directory in the background for you. But since I want to leverage an AD connector, I'm going to choose the custom setup option right here. Uh, so the domain that I have uh, that I'm using for my Microsoft Exchange environment is praneshrs.com, and I created an AD connector with that name. So that's the AD connector that we have right here. 
So I chose that, and I'm going to click on Enable Interoperability. As Thomas mentioned earlier, at this point, uh, you, you have the ability, customers have the ability to choose either a customer-managed key within KMS or create a service default key, which means uh, Amazon Workmail will create a service default key to encrypt all the data at rest on your behalf. So for this demo, I'm just going to use a service default key. And I click on Create Organization. So this takes like a few seconds. And we have an organization set up. So what you see in this organization is a list of users that are all disabled. So what are these list of users? So these users are actually coming from my Active Directory right here. So if you see, these are the users that I have in my Active Directory. And these users are showing up in my Amazon Workmail console because I've leveraged an AD connector. Now, once I have an organization set up, the first thing uh, I need to do is add a domain. So when you, uh, when you create an Amazon Workmail organization, Amazon Workmail will automatically create a complementary domain for you. So in, it's usually your organization name.awsapps.com. But of course, you customers don't want their users to send emails from this domain. They want to use their existing domain. So in order to do that, I'm going to have to add my domain. And the domain I have is this right here. When you add your domain, Amazon Workmail needs to uh, ensure that the domain indeed belongs to you. So you need to verify the domain ownership. Usually the domain verification status, when you add a domain for the first time, will be unverified. And it turns to verified when you add a TXT record, which is specified here, in your DNS. Since I already uh, added this domain in the past to my Workmail organization, that's why it's showing up as verified right now, and my TXT record already exists. Uh, Step two is uh, finalizing domain setup. So it's important to note that when you're leveraging interoperability support with Microsoft Exchange, as I mentioned, your Microsoft Exchange server will remain your primary server for all incoming email. So with step two, what you're essentially going to do is you're going to uh, you're going to make sure that your MX records are pointing to Amazon Workmail, but with interoperability, you don't want to do that just as yet. So in my use case that I spoke about, I want to migrate all uh, some users in my first phase and the other users in subsequent phases. So I will complete this step only after I've migrated all the users to Amazon Workmail. So now let's go back to the users here. And uh, we spoke about Eric, right? So I want to migrate Eric Barbosa to Amazon Workmail. The first thing I need to do for Eric is provision a mailbox for him. So I click on Eric's name. I click on Enable User. And I click on Enable. <clears throat> and the mailbox is provisioned. So when a mailbox is provisioned, Amazon Workmail will create two email addresses. The first email address is the primary email address that's set up on the Exchange side. So in this case, if I look at, if you are just going back to the Exchange uh, environment, so this is the email address on the Exchange side, so that's barbosa.pranesharas.com, and Amazon Workmail will set that as your primary address for that user. We will also create a, another email alias, which is uh, using leverages the complementary domain, and in that, in this case, it's pranesharis.awsapps.com. Once the mailbox is provisioned, now it's time for uh, the customer to migrate the content within this mailbox to Amazon Workmail. And in order to migrate uh, email folders, uh, calendar items, you can leverage one of our many partners that we work with um, to uh, migrate to Amazon Workmail. Um, in fact, for a limited period, limited amount of time, uh, Amazon Workmail is absorbing the cost of the migration when you leverage one of our partners that we work with to migrate to Amazon Workmail. Uh, so after the migration is done, so we spoke about the three benefits that interoperability uh, provides. So I need to ensure that any emails uh, that are sent to this email address 
uh, uh, Eric Barbosa is able to log into his mailbox on Amazon Workmail to receive those emails. In order to do that, we need to uh, leverage email routing between uh, Microsoft Exchange and uh, Amazon Workmail. And the way to do that would be to first disable the mailbox for Eric on the Microsoft Exchange site and to create what is known as a mail user. A mail user is basically an entity within uh, Microsoft Exchange that doesn't have a mailbox, but will have. Uh, you can specify an external target address, and the external target address will point to Amazon Workmail. So how am I going to do that? I'm going to run some simple PowerShell commands right here. So we're going to go into my Exchange environment. This is a command to disable uh, the mailbox for uh, Eric Barbosa on the Exchange environment. And I say yes. And then I'm going to create a mail user for Eric Barbosa. I'm going to go back to, sorry. And a mail user is created for Eric Barbosa. So what this means is that any emails that are now sent to barbosa at pranesharis.com can be received by Eric on Amazon Workmail. And any emails that are sent by Eric Barbosa will be sent from his primary email address from Amazon Workmail. The second benefit of interoperability is the ability to share calendar-free busy information. And in order to do that, there's two things that you need to configure. You need to configure the availability settings on the Amazon Workmail side, and you need to configure availability settings on the Microsoft Exchange side. So it's fairly easy to do that. So in order to configure availability settings, you go to organization settings on Amazon Workmail, you click on interoperability settings, and you click on configure availability settings. So what are these availability settings? So essentially, let's say now Eric wants to schedule a meeting with uh, Rachel. Eric is on Amazon Workmail. Rachel continues to exist on Microsoft Exchange. So whenever Eric tries to schedule a meeting with uh, Rachel by, and wants to look up her free busy information, uh, Amazon Workmail is, will know that, hey, this is not a mail user that exists on Workmail. And as a result, it's going to connect to this EWS URL. The EWS URL is uh, the Amazon, uh, sorry, the Microsoft Exchange uh, EWS URL. And it will connect to this endpoint to extract the free busy information from the Exchange site. And the way it does that is by authenticating against this URL by specifying what is known as an Exchange uh, service account. Now, what is an Exchange service account? An Exchange service account is nothing but any user on the Exchange side that has access to calendar-free busy information of other users on the Exchange environment. So for the purpose of this demo, I have uh, another, uh, you can see this Exchange service account right here. I've created that on my Exchange site. So I'm going to put in my domain. I'm going to put in the EWS URL. Usually the EWS URL looks something like this. Uh, or you can run a quick PowerShell command to uh, get the EWS URL for your Exchange environment. This is the user. Oops. This is the, these are the credentials of the Exchange service account. And you click on save, and that's all you need to do on the workmail side. So you've configured availability settings on the workmail side. Now you need to do the same thing on the exchange side, so that when uh, Rachel tries to schedule a meeting uh, with Eric and wants to look up uh, Eric's free busy information, uh, exchange needs to connect to the Amazon workmail EWS endpoint to extract the free busy information from the Amazon workmail side. So in order to do that, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to, again, use some PowerShell commands. So the first step is to provide the credentials of the workmail service account. Now, uh, 
what I what I need to do is I've created a workmail service uh, user in my uh, uh, Active Directory. I'm going to enable this workmail service user so that this is a so this workmail service account now actually exists on the workmail side, and this WM service has access to the FreeBusy information by default to all other users on the workmail side. So I'm going to run these quick power com uh, PowerShell commands right now. So the first command is to uh, enter the credentials of the workmail service account. So if you remember, uh, the workmail service account had this user had username. I'm going to put that in. Quickly put in the password. So I've entered the credentials. Now what I need to do on the exchange side is add an availability address space. So what is an availability address space? So in the exchange world, uh, when you add an availability address space, this basically creates an object which can share a calendar free busy information uh, from the exchange environment. So I'm going to do that. So if you look at the command right here, what it says is add available the address space for this forest name, so pranesh.rs.awsapps.com. So if you remember, what we did for Eric Barbosa was create a mail user for Eric that points to uh, another email address at pranesh.rs.awsapps.com. So whenever someone from the exchange site wants to look up the free busy information for Eric, uh, it's going to hit the EWS. Uh, exchange is going to perform an auto discover on pranesharis.awsapps.com, which will direct it to the EWS endpoint of Amazon Workmail. It will authenticate using the credentials that we specified here, and that's how it gets the free busy information from the Workmail side. So by configuring the availability settings on both the Workmail side and the Exchange side, users can look up uh, free busy information on uh, both environments. The and the third benefit that we spoke about was uh, giving Amazon Workmail users access to a global address book that contains information of all users, objects, and resources that exist both on Workmail and, uh, and on uh, Microsoft Exchange. In order to do that, what Amazon Workmail does is there is a batch process that runs every four hours, which synchronizes the address book for uh, all Amazon Workmail users so that all the contact details of... Uh, all the users across both environments are populated in the address book. Now, I just created this organization in front of you, and as I mentioned, the synchronization process happens every few hours. So for this organization, it's probably going to happen like in the next couple of hours. So in order to show you what the end user experience looks like, like if I was Eric and if there was Rachel, I'm going to log into a different organization, uh, which I created this morning, so that the address book is already populated for that organization. So I'm going to sign out right here. And I'm going to sign in as another account. So this is a demo org that I created. So if you can, as you can see here, Eric Barbosa, I've used the same name so that it's easy to understand. So Eric Barbosa is enabled for Amazon Workmail, but Rachel Campbell right here is disabled. So Rachel Campbell continues to exist on the exchange side. 
Now let's say Rachel wants to uh, look up the FreeBSD information of Eric. So this is the Outlook web app for Rachel. I'm gonna create a new meeting. Sorry, need to create a meeting. Oops. So I'm gonna put in, this is Barbosa. So in this case, the domain that I was using is hybridbeta.gtesting.nl. That is the same domain that exists on the exchange side as well. So I, I put in uh, Eric Barbosa as one of the attendees. I go to scheduling assistant, and you can look up the free busy information. So what we've essentially done is Rachel, who's on exchange, can now look up the free busy information of Eric, who's on Amazon Workmail. And let's say meeting with Eric at reInvent. And she sends this. Now let's see if I'm able to schedule a meeting as Eric with Rachel, so which is from uh, Workmail to Microsoft Exchange. So I'm going to log into Eric's mailbox here. So I received this meeting invite from uh, Rachel. I'm going to accept that. Right, okay, but let's say I want to schedule another meeting with Rachel at a different time. So, remember we said that one of the benefits that Intrapably provides is uh, access to a global address book, which contains information of all the users. So if you go to the address book, you can see Rachel's information right here, and Rachel exists on the exchange environment. So you can look up her address, you can look up uh, other information, job title, phone, etc. And then I can put in Rachel Campbell, and then I can do a check name, and it will resolve to Rachel's address because it exists in the address book. Let's say I want to schedule a meeting today at 12.30, and then I go to scheduling, and you can see Rachel's free busy information right here. She's not she's busy from 12.30 to 1 to 1.32, etc. Well, and we also do that. We tell you when they're busy. So this, in a nutshell, is how you can set up interoperability between Microsoft Exchange and uh, Amazon Workmail. As you can see, this makes it super easy for customers that are especially wanting to leverage one of the use cases that we spoke about, either migrating through the phased approach or if they want to support a globally dispersed teams and so on. So let's go back to the slides now. And as I, as I mentioned early on, it's super easy to set this up as well, so it doesn't take a lot of time. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so to talk about uh, pictorially uh, what, what we just went through, so this is the AD connector architecture. The AD connector is one of the prerequisites for setting up uh, uh, interoperability support between Microsoft Exchange and Amazon Workmail. So as you can see in this diagram right here, uh, you can set up uh, an AD connector within your VPC, and that will basically uh, proxy all LDAP and Kerberos requests to your on-premise directory within your corporate data center. So how does email routing work in an integrated environment when you have interoperability set up? So just to quickly walk through this. So let's say someone sends an email to John, uh, and the domain is example.com. Uh, let's say John uh, has migrated from uh, Amazon Workmail to, uh, sorry, from Microsoft Exchange to Amazon Workmail. The target address on the on-premise environment 
I will point to Amazon Workmail, and as a result, any email sent to that address will be uh, forwarded to uh, the Amazon Workmail mailbox. Calendar-free busy interoperability. Let's say John is a user on uh, Microsoft Exchange. Mary is a user on uh, Amazon Workmail. So this is basically going back to the example that we spoke about uh, between Eric and uh, Rachel. And then when John wants to uh, look up the FreeBusy for uh, information for Mary, ex uh, since Mary's uh, target address points to Amazon Workmail, Exchange is going to do an auto-discover on that domain and then uh, hit the uh, EWS endpoint for Amazon Workmail, authenticate against that endpoint using the Workmail service account and extract the FreeBusy information. And the opposite is true when uh, Mary wants to schedule a meeting with John. Um, Workmail will know that John is not a user that exists on Amazon Workmail. It'll hit the EWS URL that we specified on the Workmail console a little while back and use the uh, Exchange Service Account credentials to extract the free busy information. And finally, a global uh, unified global address book. So one thing to note is that uh, when you have interoperability set up with Microsoft Exchange uh, enabled, Management of users, groups, and resources will continue to happen through your Exchange Admin Center. Uh, every few hours, we do a sync between uh, uh, a sync of all the users, the groups, and resources, so that your address book is populated with uh, the latest information. All right, so that concludes our uh, presentation on uh, interoperability. Uh, let's talk about a couple of other features that we're launching in limited preview uh, starting today. So the first one is IMAP support. So this uh, has been one of the top most requested uh, features by our customers uh, with, re with regards to the list of protocols that we support. So we're extending the list of protocols that we support. We already support Exchange ActiveSync, RPC, Exchange Web Services, EWS, and to that we're adding uh, IMAP. Uh, so with the IMAP protocol, customers can now integrate uh, third-party applications such as CRM solutions or ticketing solutions with Amazon Workmail by leveraging the IMAP protocol. And also give, this also gives users uh, to uh, connect to Amazon Workmail using their favorite uh, IMAP email clients. Uh, for uh, as, as you probably know, IMAP is an industry standard protocol that is used for uh, retrieving e uh, emails by, from email from the email server. So, for in, in order to send emails, you can use the SES SMTP interface or any SES endpoint provided by your ISP. And finally, another feature that we're launching in limited preview uh, is Microsoft support for Microsoft Outlook 2016 on Mac. Uh, well, we, we're going to support email, calendaring, out of our office rules, and much more. It's native support, so there's no need to uh, uh, install any plugins or additional software or any patches required. So to summarize, uh, key takeaways in terms of the features so available now in GA is uh, Email routing, uh, email routing and FreeBusy sharing with respect to interoperability in Microsoft Exchange and email journaling. Limited preview, but we will be launching this uh, really soon, in a matter of a few weeks, if I'm not mistaken, uh, are the interoperability in Microsoft Exchange with regards to access to global address book, IMAP support, and support for Microsoft Outlook 2016. Uh, we, uh, in order to uh, participate in this limited preview, please send us an email to workmail-preview at amazon.com, and we'll be more than happy to whitelist uh, customers so that you can start using these uh, features right away. So that concludes our presentation today. Thank you so much for taking out the time uh, and spending some time with us. These are our email addresses. Uh, please feel free to uh, shoot out an email if you have any questions about Amazon Workmail or how you can benefit from using Amazon Workmail for your customers or for your partners or for yourself. Thanks a lot. Uh, we'll be happy to take any questions right now.